Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight series. We are in July, uh, non-script time in July, because I'm not good at editing things, so this could come out any time. But Katie and I, <laughs> what are you doing that bag, Bella? Yeah. So Katie and I, uh, we've been going through just some of our favorite comic book movies and things that I want her to see and what she wants me to see. And we chose a very interesting comic book film. I'll say that because a lot of people are like, that movie, shit. I think it's amazing. Uh, the comic's awesome. But we watched The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. So, Gentle people. Yeah. That's what it should have been yeah. called because <laughs> there's definitely a woman in it. Uh, if you didn't know this was a comic book, a lot of people didn't know that that was a comic book. It's actually an Alan Moore comic book and DC. so there's people out there that are like oh it's alan moore yeah he didn't like this movie he doesn't like any of the movies based on the things he makes because uh you know they have to change things because you know like v for vendetta it was a lot more i can't remember what it was about like the real issue but in the american version that they made it was still english but they changed a lot of things and alan moore was salty about it so he didn't like it. I know League, he didn't really like this either. Uh, this movie is very special. It has tons of very famous people in it uh, because they were aiming for this movie to be just a fucking banger. And so uh, Sean Connery's in this bad boy. Uh, let me see. Stuart Townsend, Shane West, Jason Fleming. I've seen him before. Uh, he was Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. Oh, he's in all like the Guy Ritchie films and stuff. Uh, and uh, let me see who else was in this. It was right there. Okay. Oh yeah, I scrolled down. I did extra moving. Uh, the guy that plays M, I've seen him before too. Richard Roxburgh. Roxburgh. And so tons of people in this. And so if you don't know anything about Lee, Shane West, Peter Wilson, lots of folks. The Peter Wilson, I've Terry seen her. Terry O'Neill. I've seen her before. Oh yeah, Lafemme Nikita. Mm -hmm. She was Nikita. That's so fucking cool. So. If you don't know anything about League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, uh, it's a world where every literary character is in a world where they're real. And so, like, what I mean is the characters from Dracula are real people. So it's like that book happened, mm -hmm. but that book happened in a world where Captain Nemo happened, where the Invisible Man happened. They all are in this really weird steampunky it's a multiverse of sorts yeah uh, but of book characters rather than like comic book characters it's kind of steampunky kind of it's a future it's definitely steampunk yeah. futuristic steampunk is what this is yeah it's a future where like technology is moved really fast or certain people are really smart and they've made things in this movie they have automobiles and people are like what the hell is that and it's like oh yeah it, it's a future thing. Like, you'll see soon yeah, enough. Yeah, they have cars and, like, super fancy submarines and stuff. But it takes place in, like, the 1890s. 1899. Yeah, 1899. It just is, like... It's a weird cross. It is... It's futuristic and also steampunk. It's it's odd. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's an Alan Moore idea, so it's fucking great. But, you know, I, I like it. It's really cool. I need to get the issues. There were, like, I want to say... Six. Volumes. 
Uh, it's really good stuff. It's it's really cool to see all these different literary like heroes and villains just doing what they do. Like you know, like I was gonna say some names, but then they pop up in this movie, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to say their name out loud yet. But you see like Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, and it's like you know, it's like the Hulk of this movie, and I'm like, that's so cool that you know this idea popped up before like. Well, not before the Avengers, because Hulk's been around for a very long time. But just the idea of that's the heavy in the group is like Mr. Hyde will have him do like some some heavy duty shit. It's a really cool story. So, uh, but this movie's special because this was the last movie that that uh, Sean Connery did, and apparently the rumor is uh, this movie was so poop that he was he didn't want to act anymore. What year did this movie come out? Uh, 2003. Oh, yeah, okay. And then I forgot when he passed. It wasn't, like, right after the movie or anything. Sean Connery's still alive. He is? Yeah. Who am I thinking of? Uh, somebody died in my head. But um, I don't know, but Sean Connery's still alive. Well, good for him. I'm pretty sure. I haven't <laughs> seen anything about him dying. <laughs> but, no, uh, this movie, it's it's not good. But it is good. But I like crap. And y'all know I like crap, so... It's Oh no, he died in October of okay. twenty twenty. I was gonna say I was like I thought he wasn't alive. He just but... recently passed yeah, away. But I okay. Good. I'm like, man. He didn't die anywhere near this movie. Yeah. This movie was on his mind the whole time. He's like, oh, God, why was I no, in that movie? No. It's kinda like uh Bob Hoskins, uh when he was in the Super Mario Brothers movie, he said that was the one terrible thing that he did and he's like, If I could go back in time I would not do it because he was like it was absolutely horrible. So, uh, but it's good stuff. So, like always, we'll go through the story, which is moderately simple. Hmm. Kind of. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get through it and talk about our favorite and least favorite characters and stuff. So, uh, like Katie said, this is 1899, and there's a terrorist group led by the Phantom. So, it's like, yeah, from Family Opera, kind of. Really. Well, Phantom with an F, but it's supposed to be... Oh, no, well... No, different Phantom. Okay. It's a French character, but the way the mask looks, it's like the Phantom of the Opera, kind of. Except it covers his whole face, and not But that part of the face was kind of out. Not Ah. in this movie. His whole face is covered. Yeah. So, he breaks to the Bank of England using a tank. So, there are, what, uh, lorry, not lorries, what are the cops called? Cops? I thought they had another name. I'm sure they do. I don't know what the fuck it is, though. I'm not... Yeah, because they got the sticks. They don't got guns. Anyway, they see this tank, and they're like, what the fuck is that? And they're like, let's womp on it. And so they're trying to beat up the tank with their little sticks. And then one dude gets ran over. So the tank goes to the Bank of England, steals Leonardo da Vinci's Blueprints of Venice, and kidnaps a ton of German scientists, and uh, just blows up shit. So the British Empire... They send a uh, person to recruit Alan Quartermain. And so he was in a ton of books. Uh, I want to say, actually, they were just named after him. But he was in one book, like the main one, King Solomon's Mines. And then Alan Quartermain was the sequel to that. Uh, He's just a venturer and hunter. And so he's like the cool guy of this movie. And it's Sean Connery, so he's old as balls. And so he's retired following the death of his son and stuff. And so he just chills in... Uh, Africa with his friends at their like 
like clubhouse, just getting drunk and talking about all their stories. And I'm like, this is really nice. And so at first, the guy is like, hey, you know, Britain needs your help with this because, like, this guy is trying to cause a war. And he's like, well, there's wars all the time. He's like, no, he's trying to cause a war that involves everybody, like a world war. And he's like, what? And he's like, that's stupid. So uh, at first he says no, and then a group of assassins pop up and just start killing his friends. And he takes them all out because he's Sean Connery. But then they leave a bomb, and the clubhouse explodes. And so he's finally like, well, now I'm pissed. He's like, yeah, I'm, I need to take these people out. So I will go to London with you. And so they fly to London, and they meet M. And so it's in the comic book. The leader is someone, uh, his name is Champ, it's not Champion, it's like Camp on Bond, and so it's the grandfather of James Bond, and he's their handler, yeah, it's, it's a, the comic's a mess, so. Uh, Why was it the grandfather of James Bond? What? Well, it's back in the day, later on they come into more modern times. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> the comic's a mess, so. But it's James Bond. Or it's Sean Connery. This is weird. Yeah. If the, if it kept going, there would have been Bond in there. I'd have been so cool. So they meet M. And so he's the their handler in this movie. And so it's like, you know, Bond has M. So uh, he explains that the Phantom wants to start a world war by blowing up secret meeting of world leaders in Venice. Because they're trying to keep the peace. And they're like, fuck this. We'll just blow it all up. And I'll make everybody fight. And so to prevent this, M is forming the... Next generation of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. And so, apparently, way, way, way back in the day, this group comes together when things are really fucked up. And it's the best people in the world that have special skills. It's like, you know, people are really good at shooting or they really agile and stuff. And apparently, he's bringing up the fact that people have powers. And so, uh, it's just like the Avengers. It's like, all the best people that can do weird shit... It's like, well, you, we have to save the world. And so this group, it consists of Alan Quartermain, Captain Nemo, my boy, uh, Mina Harker. So if you've been listening to us in Spooky Movie Squad, we're in Vampire Month. And so we have talked about Mina five billion times. So it's Jonathan's wife. Uh, in this version, they get divorced. So it's a, it's a year or two after the whole Dracula situation. And then she's done with him because i don't know jonathan's just a poop person i guess and we find out that she's still a vampire so it's pretty cool and then the <laughs> invisible man it's not griffin it's not the crazy person <coughs> a thief has picked up the invisible serum and taking it and took it so rodney skinner is his name and so now he is the new invisible man and uh, the like, I don't know. M M I M I six is they tell him, hey, you work with us, we'll get you the the cure. We'll find a cure and we'll do this. So they travel to the dock dock docklands, the dockyards, to recruit Dorian Gray. I read that book when I was in high school. It's shitty. <laughs> it's very boring. So uh, they pick up Dorian Gray. Well, he says no until he sees Mina uh, because she's immortal. And he's immortal, and you find out that he can just take bullets and get stabbed, and he, he just comes back. So, 
Uh, they've been hanging out for apparently years and decades at some point. So the Phantom, the Assassins of Tech, so they know where they were. And they get saved by a U.S. Secret Service agent, Tom Sawyer. Another night, the name's Tom Sawyer. He gets high on you. Okay. I got you. So, so uh, Tom Sawyer, my boy Tom Sawyer in this, uh, he helps them and he kind of joins the league. Everybody's like, well, okay, bye, little kid. So, we're going to leave. And he's like, hey, I, I brought you a gun, Alan. He's like, okay, you're in. <laughs> so, he hops onto the Nautilus. And so, they head to Paris because they have one more person to pick up and it is Dr. or Mr. Hyde and so this Hyde and this Jekyll and Hyde uh, in the original version Hyde isn't bigger he's just evil yeah in the original version uh, there have been different versions where he like changes color and his face like morphs and this one it's very similar to the Hulk yeah so when it's- he it's like Bruce Banner and the Hulk. When Bruce Banner gets angry, he turns into the Hulk. And he's huge and super strong and just kind of a little crazy and can't really be controlled. That's Hyde in this yeah. situation. And it's really cool. They really do echo the whole thing of Bruce Banner and the Hulk. Because anytime he's by like a mirror or any reflection, he can see the other one. And they're constantly talking to each other. Because Hyde's like, hey, take that serum. Let me out because we can go do some fun stuff. Like, Mina was looking at you kind of good. Like, hey, we can go hang out with her and do it or something. And he's like, no, no, no. I got to keep you bottled up because you're bad. So uh, they have their issues, just like the Hulk and Bruce, you know. Uh, But it's really cool. Little by little, they realize that there's a mole on the ship because there is flash powders discovered. And so someone's taking pictures of the Nautilus from the inside, and one of Dr. Jekyll's uh, formulas has been stolen. And so he's like, no, no one else needs to have this because this shit is scary. It makes you bad. And so everyone thinks that it's Skinner because the Invisible Man, and he's a thief. He likes doing that. And so he goes missing. They end up in Venice uh, right before the meeting, and they realize that the bombs, they go off early. And so they are destroying Venice piece by piece. And so they realize if they get ahead of the deteriorating, like, city, they can blow up a spot of it and it'll stop the destruction. So he hops into one of Nemo's automobiles. It's a new invention that he's come up with. It's like the fucking Batmobile in, like, the cartoon. It's like the super long one. It's like Mm a fucking 10-foot car. Like a Bentley, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so he's driving super duper fast. Alan hops out and he finds the Phantom, and so they're swinging on each other and stuff. And they, and he's unmasked, and oh no, it's it's M, the person that recruited all of them, is, is the bad guy. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, and you find out that Dorian Gray is the traitor, and he kills Ishmael. He shoots him the fuck up, and he steals the Nautilus, the little pod, and he takes a blood sample from Mina, so he's got vampire blood. He takes a formula from Dr. Jekyll so he can turn into a fucking monster. Takes some skin from the Invisible Man. Skinner, so he's got that. Uh, he doesn't take anything from Alan and Tom Sawyer because they just have guns. <laughs> if he stole one of their guns, he's like, this gun's awesome. Yeah. I'd be like, you son of a bitch. So he scoots off. And so everybody is very sad about that. And then they realize that M brought everybody together 
to take their gifts. That's the only reason. He's like, I've been watching you guys. You guys have powers and you're amazing. So I brought you all together to help me copy your powers so I can start a fucking world war. And then I'll have these sweet ass weapons. And then everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody will buy weapons for me, baby. And I'll be rich. And I don't care because there's a war happening. So he's a douchebag. So they find out. Uh, well, the Nautilus gets exploded by bombs because M is a very smart person. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he sets bombs all in the Nautilus, and then they scoot off in the escape pod. Nautilus is fucked up, and so, uh, so it's drowning. Like the boat of the ship, the submarine is sinking because its water is filling. And Hyde tells Doctor Jekyll, he's like, "Let me out. We can do this together." And I'm like, "Oh, he wants to be a friend." And he takes the potion jumps into the water and he opens up this vent and it shoots all the water out only he could have done it and it's really cool because Doc, uh, Hyde is standing there and everyone's cheering for him and he looks into like this reflection and Dr. Jekyll's in it and he's like he's a good show buddy good show you did it we did it and I was like oh they're friends now so <laughs> um, we find out that Skinner took his naked invisible ass onto the pod with the bad guys, and he's just in the corner, just naked and cold and hungry, and he followed, he's sending messages back to the Nautilus, and he tells them where to go. So they head to Mongolia, because <laughs> that's where you do bad stuff, and they reunite with Skinner, and they have a, a plan, they're just going to blow the factory to fucking bits, that's what you do. He's like, well, all the stuff in there will just get exploded, and no one can find it. So, Nemo and Hyde... They run off and they rescue the scientist. Skinner takes his naked ass around and sets up the charges. And Mina, she fights Dorian because you send someone that can't die against someone that's kind of indestructible. That's how you do it. Uh, And they actually fight and it looks like Mina gets stabbed in the chest and she's dead. But it was just a faint. And she gets up and shows Dorian the portrait he's been looking for. So if you read the portrait of Dorian Gray, the whole time he's avoiding looking at this picture of him because he feels that uh the portrait's keeping him alive but if he looks at it he'll see how he really looks and he looks at it and it's like a decrepit like skeleton on the picture and it makes him turn into that skeleton it was a really dumb book and i was very sad uh, when i read it and so he just melts and i was like oh god and so alan and tom sawyer meet up with him and they actually identify him because some of his underlings keep yelling James to him and it didn't hit me because I don't know this guy's first name but you find out it's Professor James Moriarty and so if you know who that is that is Sherlock Holmes's villain. super villain it's like Batman and the Joker so apparently this Moriarty uh, there's a story um, oh I forgot what it is it's one of the last stories of Sherlock Holmes where uh, him and well, Holmes and Moriarty die at the Reichenbach Falls. So if you watch the second Sherlock Holmes film with um, Robert Downey Jr., where he's fighting uh, Moriarty, that's that boxer, and he's going through the, the whole fight in his head. He's like, well, he's a boxer, so I have to do this, this, and that. And he's like, I'm going to lose. Every instance of this fight, I'm going to lose unless I do this. And he grabs him, and they go off the side of the fall, and they both die. So that was one of the last stories of Sherlock Holmes. In this version, he didn't die. He gets saved by friends after he falls off the 
the falls and he has a plan he you know dumps that name and he stays dead and he just called himself m and he goes to and does bad stuff because sherlock holmes is dead apparently uh different versions he doesn't die but he gives up on being sherlock because it's a hard life i guess being so smart and addicted to opium (laughs) it's it's a hard life being sherlock holmes so um but yes it's moriarty and so tom sawyer gets grabbed by an invisible man oh i forgot to tell you so there's an invisible man there's a giant mr hyde this guy drinks all the serum so dr jekyll drinks just a little bit and turns into hyde for like i don't know 20 minutes this dude drank this giant like fucking like like a bucket full yeah and the guy's like not all of it don't drink it all and he turns into something that's like four times as big as hyde and Hyde's getting his ass. It's grotesquely yeah. large. He's like, like extra red and his body is like it's about to explode. So he tells uh, Nemo, because Nemo's helping out Hyde, and he's like, he's burning through the formula. We just got to survive this fight. And he, they're both getting their asses beat. So the building starts to explode because all the bombs that the Invisible Man set, they go off. So it actually worked. And the big Hyde monster gets smushed and so Nemo and Mr. Hyde are like oh thank god because <laughs> they were getting their asses beat and then Tom Sawyer gets saved by Alan he shoots the invisible man the bad guy, bad one and Moriarty stabs him in the back and like fucked him up and so Moriarty jumps off he has like this cool ass cape that lets him float down and he's running to his escape pod and if he gets away with that it's over and so Alan tells Tom Sawyer to take his time and aim this shot, and it's like a ridiculously super far shot. I don't know how many yards he said, like 600 yards, whatever. Really far. Stupid far. And he got his gun, and he like takes his time, and he shoots. And he shoots Moriarty in the back, kills him, and all the samples that he has, they fall into the icy water, never to be seen again. And it's like, yay. And he turns back to Alan, he's like, I did it, Alan, I did it. You know, I did it, Dad. And Alan's dead. And it's like, oh, man. So, Alan, they take his body back to Kenya. And they bury him. And so, it's funny. There was a story Alan said at the beginning of the movie. Say a witch doctor blessed him and said that Africa would never let him die. As long as he's in Africa, he will not die. And while they're at the funeral, the rest of the league is like, man... That sucks. Like, at least he's back with his son. And, you know, you remember remember when he said, like, he would never die in Africa? Well, he's dead now. And as they leave to get back onto the Nautilus to go do more cool shit, uh, this freak storm comes out and this witch doctor starts singing. And then the grave starts rumbling. And then the movie goes off. Credits. So in the comic book, yeah, he comes back. Uh, he comes back from the dead, and he's, like, immortal. And he leads the League with Mina. Mina stays, and the League changes after that because they stay for decades in the League. And so they just keep picking up random people along the way. And then it makes it to, like, modern-day time, and they're still there doing stuff. So it's really cool stuff. So, uh, yeah, this movie, it's great. It looks bad. The CG and stuff, I mean, this was... 2003 so they thought they were doing some some hot shit but it's like like clip art but like i said 
you have to just enjoy it for what it is. I love this movie. So, Katie, who's your favorite character in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Mina Harker. Yeah, Mina was fucking great. She was a badass. She didn't take anybody's shit. Um, for good reason. I mean, she's a fucking vampire and everyone else is just like a normal dude, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but she was really the hardest of everybody. Um, the one who didn't take any of anyone's garbage. Uh, I think her and Sean Connery were the two people who were like, yeah, let's fucking like kill some folks. I don't give a shit about any of these dudes. <laughs> and everyone else was kind of timid about it or trying to be like sneaky about the fact that they were killing people or whatever. They all had like this, I'm going to hide my true colors. And yeah. Mina and um, Sean Connery were just like, fuck it. I don't care. And she wasn't afraid to show off the fact that she was a vampire. And at the very beginning... They, when they initially meet as the league, she shows up and the whole group is like, uh, sorry, honey, this is only for men. Like, where's your husband? You're turned around because it's the 1890s, 1899. Um, and my blood started to boil. And then she was like, uh, what, bitch? (laughs) Basically. And just like broke some necks, and it was just like, okay, she deserves to be here. Yeah, it's funny. Yes. She gets grabbed by a guy, and he's like, yeah, I got a hostage. And she's like, oh, I'm not the hostage right now. And she, like, turns around and just, like, eats that guy, and they're like, oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you could be in the league for sure. Yeah. Oh, you're a fucking vampire. You're like, oh, you don't need any protection. You're like, yeah. oh, I'm the most dangerous person here right now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, Mina's amazing. So... Uh, my favorite character, every time I watch it, someone else pops up and makes me smile. But I went Captain Nemo this time. So Captain Nemo is like the Tony Stark of the group. He has all the money and all the tools and stuff that they use. They all scoot around in his Nautilus, his gigantic submarine boat thing. And they all just chill in there and do stuff. And then he has like that sweet ass car that they just absolutely destroy. And he's like, he don't give no shit. He probably has more on the ship. Uh, but no, he's absolutely amazing. Uh, he went and helped Hyde fight this gigantic monster man. He comes up and is just slicing his sword like it's like super fast, just putting all these cuts onto him. And he's like, "Fuck, I can't stop swinging." It was very Zoro esque. Yeah, and he was like the best fighter in the group. There's oh, scenes for sure. where he's just like destroying people with hands and his sword. Oh, because he's a pirate. Yeah, <laughs> that too. He's a fucking pirate. Uh, this Captain Nemo is absolutely amazing. Uh, it was fucking cool. Captain Nemo is like the best. But like I said, every time I watch it, someone else pops up. That's why I said like, you know, Captain Nemo's my boy. Tom Sawyer's my boy. Like, yeah, there's so many people. So, uh, Katie, who is your least favorite character in this movie? Uh, Dorian Gray's little bitch ass. <laughs> Man, fuck traitors, dude. Dorian Gray was a traitorous bitch, and he was so whiny and so cocky. He was. Clearly, like a one percenter, and the whole time he was on the screen, he was just kind of smarmy. And I was like, I hope you're the one to die from this group. Like, as soon as they introduced the league, I was like, Ugh, you're gross. Go away. <laughs> yeah, he was horrible. Yeah, that's a ditto. I've never liked Dorian Gray in this movie. He's poop. It like it's weird. If you know the character, like. When I watched it, I knew it from the book. And I was like, he's not a good person, really. He's a piece of shit. In the book, he's a piece of shit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, Dorian Gray. He's, like, immortal. So he's, we're going to bring him with us because, you know, he can't, he can't die. die. And I'm like, oh, maybe he's better in this. Oh, no, he's a piece of shit in this, too. Still like, oh, okay. a piece of shit. So I was like, I wasn't surprised. But I was like, man, if you didn't know who Dorian Gray was, you're like, oh, that dude can't die. That's cool. 
And they're like, oh no, he's the bad guy. No, I liked him. I'm like, nah, he's a piece of shit. But no, uh, yeah, no, Dorian Gray's absolute poop. So, uh, let's do seven word synopsis. You go first, because I got to think of one. Okay. Um, the foreshadowing in this movie was obnoxious. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> there were several points as they were going through the, like, everyone's backstory where it was just, like, painfully obvious in the script that that what was gonna what was gonna happen, that that was what was gonna happen, at the end of the movie. Like uh, Sean Connery's death was very clearly explained when he explained his situation with his real son to Shane West as he's like trying to teach him how to shoot guns. I was like, oh, well, that's clearly what's gonna happen later. Like <laughs> I turned out as like that's how Sean Connery dies. Like. He said that story, it's, we're going to flip it around, Shane West is going to live, Sean Connery's going to die, and Otis didn't say anything because he's seen this movie before, and I was like, I know that's what's going to fucking happen. Like, that was very <laughs> obvious. Um, and then, you know, they, when he's explaining the fact that Africa can never let him die or whatever, I was like, oh, well, he's coming back to life at the end. It was just, like, very blatant, like, hey, guess what? Spoiler alert. 2003, like, <laughs> man, I guess that's how they operated back then. Okay, and then my second one... Cool concept, way ahead of its time. Oh, yeah. This story, the idea of the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, reminds me a lot of a better done version um, TV show known as Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Um, basically, kind of the same concept. Once Upon a Time took all these different fairy tale characters, trapped them in a town... And then they had to figure out how to defeat all these different villains and bad guys and curses and things to save their town, to save each other, to do whatever. Um, And I think the timing that this movie came out was just poor. Uh, I think I think the cast was probably pretty good. Um, Like I probably wouldn't, you wouldn't need to change the casting if you had done it later, but. CGI was not at an appropriate place to do the things that they were trying to do in this yeah, movie. They were doing some trying to do some hardcore things. Yeah. Maybe if I had seen it in 2003, like with 2003 eyes, I would think that this was looked, just fucking fantastic cool and great. But it wasn't mind blowing. But, but there's cool. so many things, like a lot of the action sequences, not just the CGI stuff, but the other action sequences, like people, the shooting stuff, and it just was like. Eh. it's just kind of so-so like i've seen better stuff like we've come a long way in 20 years and and i feel like if they wanted to resurrect this story now and do a reboot um or a remake of this do a show or a show no it would be be, so good it would be great um of course the casting wouldn't be able to stay the same because of course sean connery has passed and you would want to use probably some bigger names that are attached because you want to pull people in because of that. But I think the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen comic idea as a whole is fantastic and it would be really fucking cool to see play out as a show or as another movie series. But more attention needs to be paid to the script writing and then to the action sequences. Because this movie just didn't 
It didn't wow me. Like, my 2021 eyes were just like, eh, it was all right. So, I'll tell you, the second volume, so which probably would have been the second movie. So, after they stop Moriarty and stuff, mm-hmm. the Martians come down. So, like, War of the Worlds. Okay. And they're like, oh, shit, what, is this, what does this mean? So, War of the Worlds. So, they're fighting against aliens. That would have been cool. <laughs> yeah, there were so many books that Alan Moore's like, oh, we're doing this, we're doing that. So it's funny, um, one of the items, uh, it was the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. He put it, he put it in one of the volumes. It's just, Alan Moore just picked I things that, that he... That was a really good ass movie. Holy yeah, crap. Yeah, Alan Moore just picked things that he loved as a kid and what he read at some point. He's yeah. like, oh, this is going to be in this. That's going to be in that. This idea would be amazing. Please, please do a, a newer version. Do a show. Movies are cool and stuff. But shows make so much more money, and they, they're just better sometimes. It would make a lot more sense as a show. You get a lot more expansion on each of the characters. Yeah. Because and... two and a half hours or two hours, you can only do so much. But a show is like, what, eight hours maybe? Well, and... Well, it depends on how long And you've got to consider your audience, too. Like, I think 2003 audiences were probably a little bit more aware of like who Dorian Gray is and who uh, Mina was and all of these things because those stories were being told in schools. Yeah. Those stories were, you know, adults were reading those stories at the time and now we're not. Like those are not common stories. Yeah. Like I know who Captain Nemo is because I grew up in the 90s and I remember having to read um, Moby Dick, or yeah, having to read Moby Dick, like I get it, but that's not a thing anymore. Like we've, yeah. they've moved, curriculum has moved on to other classic literature. So giving a show, getting a show that would have it, would give you an opportunity to give each character like their backstory oh, and tell so kind of good. like, oh yeah, Captain Nemo was the captain of the ship that took down Moby Moby Dick, the Great White Whale, and like explain each of the people it'd be really fucking cool yeah uh so it's funny when what you use for one of your seven words is kind of what i was thinking so i said it's quartermain's last day on the force so any cop movie any action movie it's always that person's like oh yeah i'm, I'm retiring tomorrow and i'm gonna get on a boat with my wife and we're gonna sail around the world and then they take 72 bullets in their chest and it's like, no! And they scream to the sky because they're going to get revenge. I can't wait to spend more time with my family. <laughs> well, you're the next person Yeah, to your die. head gets cut off. You never talk about your, your future endeavors in a, in a movie. Seriously, that's, that's got to be die. the new trope is like people saying that and then living. Oh, God. <laughs> they got to switch it up. They got to flip it on its head somehow. Come on, Hollywood. <laughs> you just got to change it. Like, damn, you know what's tomorrow? My retirement. And then he lives another 50 years. Yeah, he makes it to the retirement. He's he makes like, it to retirement, and he spends his days sipping margs on his boat <laughs> with his wife, just having a great-ass time. Boat named what the never die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that was my seven words, because the whole time I was watching, I was like, God, they're just phoning it, and they're like, he's going to die, and you're going to be sad, because that's a father-son relationship they're making right now. Yeah. Okay, so this movie came out July 11th, 2003. What do you think the budget for the League of Extraordinary Gentlepeople is? $50 million. $50 million. That's not bad. 
78 million. Oh my god. Right? Isn't it so cool that you spent so much money on this movie? Isn't that awesome? Okay. So, what do you think the box office for The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen was? I said also 50 million. Damn, you're so mean. This movie was not good. Yeah. So, (laughs) uh, the, the box office was 179 million. Jesus. So, it's funny. Everyone says it's poop. But it got people in the theaters. They were like, oh shit, this is really cool looking. And they're like, oh, that wasn't good. So they got their money out of people. So it, it was a failure review wise. Like everyone said, this is terrible. But commercially, it made its money. It did great. Yeah, a lot. Yeah, it, a did, lot. it did great. But everyone's like, this is a poop ass movie. Um, I know the usual cinema score for audiences, they, they gave it a B minus. So. The audience liked it. All the reviews, like Ebert and all those wieners, they were like, this is the worst movie ever. It's it's terrible. So, you know, they all have all poop and stuff. I think it's... I, I like it. I love it. Um, but, you know, it did good. Financially did great. They could have done another one, but it, it's just there was a lot of stink around with it. So, it was not good. Uh, but they could easily come back with it. And the show would be so good. Oh, so there's a quote from Sean Connery uh, that the production of the film and the final quality caused his decision to permanently retire from filmmaking. He said, It was a nightmare. The experience had a great influence on me and made me think about showbiz. I got fed up dealing with idiots. And then he was like, I'm done. So, yeah, this movie made him... There's probably other reasons. He's like, I'm getting old. But he's like, that movie was so shitty. I'm done. Isn't that crazy? A movie makes you stop acting. It is insane. (laughs) But no, like I said, uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, it's a good one. It makes me want to read the comic because I know there's tons more that we may never get. There's tons of ammo that I could read and be like, damn, that'd be a really good movie. It's just like reading The Mask. Uh, We got the Jim Carrey movie, which is like a weird spinoff story but there were tons of volumes and I got the omnibus of it it's fucking amazing that mask is horrible that Loki mask yeah he, he's, he's a variant uh, is is absolutely ridiculous um, I don't know it's it makes me sad when comic stories probably come out a little too early like Katie said just a little before it's time and they, they don't work. I know The Mask made money because of Jim Carrey. If that wasn't Jim Carrey, that movie would not have worked. Because it's like, wait. So he puts that mask on, it turns him into a crazy person? And then he just, he's killing people? Or stuff? Like, this is stupid. But Jim Carrey's face and his jokes, they're like, okay, it's, it's just Jim Carrey being silly for an hour and a half. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, there's tons of comics like that. So, uh, it's a shame, but that's the way life works. People come up with cool ideas. And they come out way too early. So, uh, you got anything else to say about the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Nope. It's a good one, but it's not good. So, watch it if you dare. I like it. So, but I like shitty movies. So, uh, if you have any other cool things to tell me about Alan Moore, and you know he's a fucking wizard, Alan Moore, the guy that created this. He lives in like he's English, and he's not a not a clan wizard. Okay. Yeah, I said that. I was telling Micah that. I was like, he's a wizard. And he was like... Like a clan Oh, not a clan wizard. He's 
a wizard. He's like part of a club. Like, like does, a Wiccan, almost. I guess so. Similar. It does magic or something. I just read somewhere he's like a fucking wizard. Magic missile. <laughs> Don't magic. Don't magic. There's little bags of stuff at you. So, yeah. uh, but you can tweet us at. Allentown Pod. We have an email. It is. Allentownpresents at gmail.com. We have our Facebook at. Allentown Presents. <laughs> Shake my face. Uh, so, no, we have tons more comic books. So, the boys, uh, this month was really busy for them. Uh, they're going to fucking Money in the Bank, if you know wrestling. Money in the Bank, WWE. It's, like, down the street from them in Texas. So, they're doing that. So, all these Sundays have been filled with something. Uh, we saw Marital Bliss a Sunday ago, so we weren't available. So, we're going to do one movie with them at the end, uh, one of the last Sundays or Saturdays. We'll make it work. We'll have one episode with them. And I think we're still doing Batman Returns, like one of my favorite Batman movies. So, but it's going to be a lot of me and Katie, which is fine because there's tons of movies we need to watch and we can get these episodes out faster. Uh, we still haven't seen Joker, so uh, that's probably going to be an episode. But keep with us. We have tons of really cool comic books. Um, the next two episodes are really fun. I'm very excited. It's one of my favorite properties of all time. And I have some really cool fun facts about it. So, uh, thank you for listening, and we'll be back very soon with another comic book movie. Okay, bye guys. Bye!